Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Complete Sports Media Podcast on the Complete Media Network. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and joining me on a Monday, as usual, Jason Cameron. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Good. It's going well. It's going good. It was a very, very relaxing weekend. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, Chilled out, long week, uh, crappy rain, uh, just felt like being indoors, and uh, it was nice. Uh, Tons of sports to watch, uh, really nice. Lots of movies, uh, really chill, and I knew today I was off, so... That made it even better. Uh, I had an opportunity to just watch a lot of NFL highlights and, uh, yeah, lots of the other UFC stuff and things that happened on the weekend prepared for this. Also went and voted. Did you get your vote in? Uh, yeah, not so much. Uh, no, I, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I meant to. We were actually given the opportunity, but then – work kind of got into got in my way today oh, so shoot yeah well uh, uh great that uh, th- that's finally done a lot of um, controversy about uh having a vote during the fourth wave of the pandemic but uh, we'll see some results come in uh i haven't switched the channel yet i'm watching some monday night football but we might uh, we might get some um results fairly soon the polls just closed uh about 20 minutes ago it's just a little after seven here in uh, vancouver bc canada um we're trying to elect a new uh federal government um i think from all early polls it looks like uh the liberals will stay in power and justin trudeau and his nice hair will uh, get another term but uh I guess we'll see. Uh, stranger things have happened over the years, and uh, um, uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, what shakes down in it when it gets uh, finally counted. Yeah, of course. Um, well, at least with Trudeau, he, he, at least he looks the part. He's got nice hair, <laughs> good hair. Yeah, always has good <laughs> hair. Uh, it won't be as crazy as the U.S. election. Uh, that took like a week or something like that to count the votes, and then they fought over it for weeks and months and uh, oh my god it was just uh, brutal uh it won't uh, be anything like that here north of the border so uh we're lucky it'll just be i'm sure finalized tonight and we'll be able to know who's the leader going forward yeah well we we don't we don't we don't run our our, our elections like a circus so yeah it's oh. just going to be pretty cut and dry <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, the Monday night football game's going on. Uh, we're just en- uh, nearing the end of the third quarter. Uh, Green Bay's threatening a game to score uh, down on the 11-yard line, looks like. Uh, looks like Aaron Jones just got his hat trick touchdown. Three catches uh, for touchdowns tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite target uh, usually. And uh, three touchdowns tonight for Aaron Jones. Uh, Green Bay takes a 27-17 lead with uh, an extra point coming. So um, Detroit's been giving them a lot of troubles, but uh, Green Bay after that horrific beginning to the season is uh, flexing their muscle and coming back. It's amazing how much of a difference a week can make for a team. Yeah, uh, you know, like because uh, I know from that first week, everybody's like, "Oh, what is wrong with the Green Bay Packers?" Uh, doesn't look like there's that much. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> no. Overreaction big time. Uh, I think it was last year that 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers said, uh, this is the word to listen to, guys, R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> and uh, he was uh, right. Uh, a lot of people just immediately react and say, oh, well, he had off-season troubles with the team, and now he's giving up on them, and there's trouble in the in the locker room, and oh, my God, this is going to be the worst season of his life. He had MVP last year, and now he's giving up. And, oh, come on, people. Like, one game in, uh, you, you can't base anything off of that. You know? No, no, no. I Absolutely. Like, you, you have to, as, as Aaron Rodgers says, you got to give it time. You got to give it time, people. Yeah. And it's only a game, one game. Now, if he goes on a huge losing streak, then you might have a problem. But, you know, yeah. it's a game. So nice to see fans back at Lambeau. It's been 617 days since fans were there. Uh, great to see the cheese heads back. Great to see the tailgating. Uh, people were arriving early, early, early today to get their drink on and get a chance to f- cheer on their uh, lovable uh, Packers. 617 days uh, since they were able to be uh, able to cheer on their home team. That's a long time. That is a huge long, that, that, that that's a long time. It's a lot of days, but you know what? Now that the fans are back in there, I'm sure everybody's super pumped. Yeah. Yes. Football. Yeah. This is great. Did you see any clips of um, on ESPN two during Monday night football this year, Peyton and Eli are doing commentary during the game and they bring in uh former players and friends of theirs, and uh, they get uh, all hyped up and be able to commentate through the game. Did you see any of those clips? It was pretty funny. I, I You know what? I've, I have yet to see, to actually see the clips. I've heard the pundits talk about them. I've heard that they actually have great camaraderie, but obviously because they're brothers and all that sort of stuff. But I have yet to see the clips myself. It was, uh, I know Gronk was there tonight. Um, there was, who else was going on there? They had a few guys on tonight. And, uh, it looked, uh, yeah, it looked pretty wild. I was pretty, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try to see if I can dial it up at some point uh, and listen to some of their commentary. Uh, oh, Brett Favre, Gronk. Um, then they had... Uh, yeah, a couple other guys. Uh, look, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Those guys are great. Uh, you know, I was hoping that uh, Peyton would go into a booth and uh, be one of the commentary commentators because uh, he's got such a personality, super funny, and he knows the game better than almost anybody ever has. So um, I think he'd be such an asset. Yeah, but at the same time, I like this. I like this new take that they're taking taking on. Like yeah. it's like, it's almost as if they're like, you know, they're just watching it at home and then they're commentating on the game. Like, like, you know, like friends would yeah, with a little bit more of a professional kind of slant to it. But yeah, but you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's cool that they're ambitious enough to try something new. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. To get some clips on, I'll, I'll put some on next week. Uh, give me a reminder if you think of it. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of hilarious moments they already had uh, from last week, and I'm sure there'll be uh, even more tonight. Um, This has been a a great week, but also a tough week. Uh, One of my comedic heroes, Norm MacDonald, passed away after we did our last podcast, uh, middle of last week. Uh, I had a guest on. If uh, anybody hasn't um, 
come onto our website, please do so. Uh, Greg Kettner, uh, comedian friend of mine, shared the stage with Norm Macdonald over the years, got to know him as friends, uh, shared a lot of really great stories. And um, yeah, if you get a chance, uh, it's a really good watch and listen to uh, Greg Kettner talking about Norm Macdonald and uh, the impact the Canadian had on the comedy world. Um, and uh, so many people have said, uh, what a what a tragedy it is because we lost a legend. Yeah, we really did. And shocking because it wasn't really known that he was sick in the first place. Yeah. Uh, he really kept that to himself. So um, it's uh, it sucks that he's passed, but uh, we honor his spirit. Yeah. Well, he made me laugh this whole entire week. He helped me through it. I was able to watch so many great old clips of him and. Uh, he was just such a legend on so many of the talk shows. He came on and and would weave some really funny stories in, and uh, he was a, a favorite guest of theirs. So he would uh, be quite the uh, recurring guest, as they say, and uh, came back a lot. Uh, I recommend if anybody hasn't seen some of his comedy, uh, dial it up on YouTube or similar places, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to really laugh. He was uh, he was a gem. Yeah, he was actually one of. If I, if I remember correctly, one of the, my favorite movies with Norm Macdonald with Dave Chappelle, Half Baked. Yeah, sure. That was, yeah. I love that movie. Absolutely <laughs> love that movie, man. Yeah. Great in- yeah, gotta love Dave Chappelle. And yeah, it was great. He was able to make that appearance too. Um, I had a meeting today with uh, a friend of mine. His name is Adrian. He really wants to help out. Uh, with the websites and the podcasts. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, We'll have an announcement coming in the next few days. I'll do a short podcast with him and introduce uh, to all of our viewers and listeners, all the uh, great things that he's going to bring. He's been in the film industry most of his life. Uh, He has created films, helped on uh, films. He's uh, had his own uh, TV shows and uh, really good personality i think he's going to be a huge benefit to the complete media network and i can't wait to uh yeah uh, make the next announcement uh but yeah stay tuned to the website complete media network uh, for the news coming out so uh okay i want to talk about the nfl i want to talk about monday night football uh also uh i want to talk about the ufc uh, from this saturday and uh coming up this thursday the UFC Hall of Fame induction ceremony is finally happening for the 2020 class. George St. Pierre, Kevin Randleman, uh, the fight between Jones and Gustafson, and Mark Ratner will all be inducted. Uh, it's International Fight Week in Vegas this week. Tons of festivities and a really phenomenal week. I've been able to be down there on a few occasions for Fight Week. Uh, they even had Fight Week in Ontario. And um, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing week. Almost all the fighters on the roster show up that week. You get an opportunity to meet and greet with them and have, have great times. There's a lot of events. It's, it's a really, really fun time. Oh, of course it is because, yeah, everybody's there. All the legends and all the current fighters too, or a lot of the current fighters if they're not um, preparing for a fight themselves. And that's, uh, it's a rare opportunity to get to see all of those guys in one place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, as I said, uh, Monday Night Football uh, just started the fourth quarter, 28-17 for the Packers. Uh, Packers have the ball, and they're marching again down first and goal, it looks like here. 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 18 for 22, 232 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Aaron Jones has three touchdowns through the air. Uh, and Robert Tanyan has the fourth. Um, Packers, whoa. Uh, yeah, when, they, uh, when they're on, they're on. Uh, when they're off, like last week, they can be off. But uh, this week, they're just showing that they're pretty dominant. Well, usually for the Packers, they're usually more on than off. Yeah. Because that, that's kind of that's kind of Aaron Rodgers' thing. Because yeah. he's like, I don't know, really good. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I fully expected the Packers to come back with, uh, with a fury, and they have. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah, I know. Well. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was expecting this, and I think most people were too. Um, Aaron Rodgers is ten and six in his sixteen starts on Monday Night Football. Uh, 33 touchdowns, 10 picks. Um, he has uh, he has 224 passing touchdowns since 2014. That's the second in the NFL. Uh, he got his third MVP last year, 2020. Uh, it's been a while since they've been to the Super Bowl. They lost the championship game the last couple of years, but 2010 since their last Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he is four or seventh all time with 400. And 12 touchdowns, 48 last season. Uh, And he just passed uh, John Elway tonight on the all-time passing yardage list to go into the top 10. 51,535 yards. Uh, Chasing Matt Ryan right now, it's going to be hard to catch him because Matt's going to be keep playing. But uh, going after Eli, who's eighth. Uh, Dan Marino is sixth. Phillip Rivers is fifth. Brett Favre. Fourth, Peyton Manning. Third, uh, Brady. Second, as of now, and Drew Brees is first. Uh, Tom Brady is about 500 yards behind uh, Brees to get first place. So I I expect Aaron Rodgers is not going to catch Matt Ryan, but uh, he'll start uh, chipping away at the rest of that top 10. Uh, Pretty select company, that top 10. Yes, it is. And it's amazing to me how many of those quarterbacks are of kind of pretty much our current generation yeah. <laughs> or, or they're still playing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're still playing. Like, so you're just like, wow, it's amazing. Especially <laughs> that guy that's in second. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. It looks like he'll never stop playing, which is pretty cool. I know. Crazy. Hey, yeah. He just, he just keeps blowing you away. Not another uh, uh, huge performance this week. Uh, five touchdowns. He's um, extending his records and just putting them out of reach. I found a record that just blew me away this week. Uh, He has thrown 154 touchdown passes in his 40s. And uh, he only needs 14 more touchdown passes to have more touchdowns in his 40s than he had in his 20s. (laughs) Which is... Uh, incredible incredible that's so bizarre uh he started his his career in the year 2000 uh was the full-time starter 2001 so he was 24 years old he had six years to uh throw those touchdown passes but he's uh he's gonna break and he's gonna have more touchdown passes in his 40s than his 20s and that is absolutely phenomenal doesn't even make any sense actually it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense like how 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 did you do that like how 
How are you doing this? Actually, how are you even doing this right now? I know. Like he, he boggles your mind because he just makes the impossible happen pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been doing that for a year after year for decades now. Decades. Decades, decades. yeah. Uh, listen to this. Uh, so he has 154 touchdown passes in his 40s. Uh, the next place is Drew Brees with 57 in his 40s. Brett Favre had 41. Warren Moon had 37. And Vinny Testaverde had 24. Those are the top four behind Brady. Uh, he only needs six more, and he will be able to pass them all four combined. <laughs> You combine all their touchdown passes in their 40s, and he's going to have more pa touchdown passes than all of them combined. That's well, that's just that's that's Tom Brady for you. That's that's the guy that has uh seven rings, <laughs> seven, rings. seven rings and 10 Super Bowl appearances. That's incredible. Uh, the Bucks just set a record with their ninth straight win by 30 points or more. Uh, scoring 30 points or more. Uh, that beat the Patriots record in 2007 and 2010, led by who other than Tom Brady. So he's got those top three positions. Um, Team-wise, uh, the Bucks, uh, yeah, ninth straight win, uh, 30 points put on the board. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And everyone talks about that Chiefs, incredible, incredible offense, but – the Bucks are just as good or even better. Yeah, they're incredibly efficient. Like the Falcons in this in this game, they, they had a chance. Going into the fourth quarter, yeah. they're only down by three points. So you're just for me, anyways, I was like, could it be? Could it? Could it be? And then uh, no, no. Then no. <laughs> did, it, did it bring up any bad memories of that Super Bowl loss? That's funny that you mentioned that. It's, it's great that you bring it up. And yes, it did. <laughs> yes, P PST, PST, I think yeah, that's what they call it. PTSD, PTSD, yeah. PTSD, yes. <laughs> and I had that, like a lot of it. It's like all over again. It's great. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, he's going after possibly Peyton Manning's record for touchdown passes in a season, which was. 55 in uh, 2013. Uh, Brady had 50 in, in 2007, uh, 2007, sorry. And uh, Mahomes had 50 in 2018. Uh, they do have one extra game this year. So uh, he's trying to get another record. And uh, yeah, when he retires, he might just have the whole entire record book to himself. It might be, might be just put a Tom Brady book. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, he he would literally have everything, which I think is what he's always wanted. Yeah. I think that's why he keeps playing because he just wants to put oh, an absolute stamp on the fact that I'm the best and nobody else is better than me. <laughs> uh, another news coming out of Tampa Bay camp is that uh, they're trying to get Richard Sherman, uh, free agent, hasn't played yet this year. Uh, they're really trying to uh, sign him to a contract and. Bring him in. Um, yeah, do you think uh, he'll be able to help? Uh, if if they're able to, well, you know what? I, I guess I guess they're they're looking at Richard Sherman and making sure that maybe his other stuff that he's dealing with right now gets dealt with in the right and proper way. And also, too, the NFL's keeping a very 
strict eye on him as well. But if they're able to bring him in, and obviously they'll they'll bring him in under for like a pretty cheap contract, yeah. he can he's definitely going to help the team. Like nice. he's definitely going to help the team. He's still Richard Sherman, you know. Yeah. He's still he's still got a lot to give. So, and like it's just a wealth of riches for the Bucks. They just oh okay, we'll just pick up this guy. He's pretty good. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably pretty easy to recruit. Uh, they always talk about college teams that are always on top, and you know, easy to convince guys to come. But uh, with the Bucks having that incredible of a roster, that big Super Bowl win, uh, it must be pretty easy to try to get guys to come. Well, of course, because it's like, oh, oh, well, wait, you want me? You want me to play with Tom Brady, the guy that's uh, one seven? Huh? <laughs> Looks like he's going for his eighth. His eighth. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. It's pretty, wow. it's, it's the easiest sell you could ever sell to a player. It's like, oh, are, are, you want me to play with? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, must be great. Must uh, The rich are getting richer. Uh, Jared Goff has a lot to prove. Uh, he was given up on in uh, LA, sent to the woeful Detroit Lions, who never won anything. Uh, he's four and one in Monday Night Football, and his career starts uh, had a a good first game. Uh, they did lose, but uh, it was very close. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson uh, is a is a phenomenal phenomenal tight end. He had the third most yards by a tight end last year. Had a uh, ha- having a phenomenal year this year, uh, and tonight uh, eight for sixty six with a touchdown as well. Uh, this Quintez Cephas too, um, uh, look, look out for him as the future goes on. He had a nice big touchdown catch too, and he's got three catches for 56 yards tonight. Uh, but it's 35, 17. The Packers are starting to run away with it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess you could say maybe only a matter of time for the Packers, you know, like, uh, they got their offense. Once it starts clicking, it really starts clicking. Aaron Jones just got his uh, fourth touchdown, three through the air and one on the ground. Um, his running mate from last year, Jamal Williams, is on Detroit now. Uh, they decided they couldn't afford him. He got a two-year deal with Detroit. Uh, so he's really wanting to prove that they uh, messed up by not keeping him tonight. Uh, I expected um, a really uh, you know, a great game from him tonight. Yeah, well... Uh, Jamal Williams has, well, you, you know what? He, he's, he's, he's doing his best there. He really is. But like, uh, it, it, the the Packers are just really laying the beats now to the Lions, And I, I foresee this actually getting worse before it gets any better. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there, the, that after that first week, there was a lot of talk, uh, all the teams, in both the AFC West and the NFC West were undefeated. They all won the first game. Uh, pretty crazy that all the teams in the West uh, started out of the gate that way. Uh, we kind of uh, looked at that uh, NFC West being close to Seattle here as uh, really probably the most dominant division in football. Uh, NFC right now only has five teams left at 2-0. and uh, three in the West, Seattle got beat, uh, big, big comeback loss. And uh, there's two undefeated teams in the South. Uh, there's three teams in the NFC that are 0-2, and they'll add one tonight. looks like Detroit. Uh, and then there's six teams 
that are one and one, and looks like Green Bay will be the seventh team, uh, one and one. In the AFC, there's only two teams that started out two and zero, three teams zero and two, and eleven teams in the AFC are one and one. So super balanced there. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, only I think only three teams have ever won the Super Bowl after starting zero and two. So it's crazy that. You know, that's a stat, 16-game uh, schedule normally, uh, 17 now, but just 0-2 and, and, you know, really right off getting a, a Super Bowl win. Yeah, which is kind of amazing because it is only 0-2. Yeah. So you think that, like, you know, there, there'd be more teams that would have had gone on an incredible run and won the Super Bowl, but no, no, that is by far in a way not the case. Yeah. Uh, so super balanced, um, obviously with salary cap, uh, that type of thing. A lot of leagues uh, have a lot of parity this year. It's kind of apparent right away. Uh, 18 of 32 teams are one and one. Only seven are two and zero, oh, and seven are zero oh and two. So uh, it's going to be a dogfight in in many, many, many of the divisions this year, and uh, shaping up to be uh, a great year. Um, let's talk about the Seahawks. Uh, looked like they were cruising to another great win. Um, Russell Wilson had a phenomenal game. Uh, somehow they let uh, Tennessee back in and uh, lost in overtime. Uh, Derek Henry was uh, pretty quiet for about six quarters of the season. And then he just went off in the second half yesterday. And uh, uh, he was pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, that was the difference in this game where the Seahawks looked like they were well in control of the game. And then Derrick Henry woke up. He really woke up. And I, I believe he started the second half, 60-yard run for a touchdown, and it just snowballed from there. And yeah. the Titans came roaring back in a hurry. In a hurry. They sure did. It was um, it was just uh, one of those performances. He was pushing guys down. And just bowling his way through. That guy is just such a beast to try to bring down. And everybody was wondering why he started out so meekly. But uh, he had 41 touches yesterday, 35 for 182, six catches for 55 yards, uh, averaging five over five yards on the ground and nine in the air. Um, man, they are lucky to have such a weapon. And uh, that was the uh, first... Comeback in Seattle Seahawks history, leading by 15 going into the fourth quarter. They were 52 and 0 before that, lost their first time. Um, yeah, it was a shock. Uh, Bobby Wagner really played amazing. He had 17 tackles yesterday. Uh, one of those guys that is still there, him and Russ uh, from that Super Bowl team, uh, but he needed help and he didn't get it. No, he, he didn't get it, but he. he... He tried to do it himself, and he almost pulled it off. Yeah. Like, literally, he almost pulled it off. But uh, uh, the Titans would not be denied in this particular game. And uh, more importantly, Derrick Henry would not be denied, finished with uh, three touchdowns in this monster game. Oh, man, he was good. Hey, yeah. uh, Tyler Lockett had another great game, uh, eight catches for 178 yards and a touchdown. Freddie Swain had a big touchdown. He was five for 95. Uh, DK was held in check, uh, six catches for 57 yards. Uh, there, the, uh, 
Uh, kicker for Tennessee came in and uh, got the uh, field goal, winning field goal in overtime. Uh, that was their 14th kicker on the roster in the last three seasons. And uh, he decided to wear number 14 uh, to say, hey, I'm, I'm the last guy. I'm number 14, but I'm the last guy. And he came in and got that huge kick. Uh, Randy Bullock is his name. And um, yeah, it was quite the shocker. It looked like all four teams in that NFC West were going to be undefeated. But um, Tennessee said, no, 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 uh, look out. Here we come and got that win. Uh, crazy, crazy comeback. Yeah, crazy comeback. And also, too, uh, receiver Julio Jones also had a great game. He had a huge game, six receptions for 128 yards. He was a key piece to their comeback as well. I wonder if Atlanta could still use him. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah, six catches for 128 yards. Yeah, he's looking amazing. Uh, Seattle plays the Vikings uh, next Sunday in the late window, 125. Uh, Tennessee play Indy in the early window on Sunday, um, 10 a.m. here on the coast, uh, 1 o'clock in the eastern time zone. So uh, let's talk about some of the um, other NFC West teams. Uh, the 49ers used a great defense. And seven different players had rushing attempts to pull out a very low-scoring 17-11 win over Philly. Um, Jimmy G had, you know, just a really sort of average game, 22 for 30, 189 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had 11 carries for another touchdown. But, um, yeah, they sure uh, definitely pulled out a really, really tight uh, defensive matchup. Yeah, they really did. This was a tight defensive battle. Um, Jalen Hurts did what he could. 10 carries for 82 yards, 12 for 23, about 190 yards. He had, he had a really good game. Yeah. But unfortunately, he couldn't do it himself. And uh, the 49ers really shut him down when it came to on the defensive side of the ball. And this is the 49ers' first time starting 2-0 since uh, 2019. Wow. Niners. Uh, Debo Samuel led the way again, uh, six catches for 93 yards. Um, Quez Watkins had two catches for 117 yards on the Eagles, but nobody really else contributed there. Eagles fall to one and one 49ers are two and oh, so San Fran plays green Bay, uh, next Sunday night, the Sunday nighter and Philly, uh, plays the Cowboys one week from tonight on Monday night. So, uh, that'll be fun. Uh, interdivisional game, Philly and Dallas. Uh, Dallas, uh, yeah, always uh, garners a lot of interest, and uh, that'll be great to see one week from tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a great matchup, and it's going to be fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. Uh, okay, the other team in the NFC West I want to focus on is the Rams. They got another massive game from Cooper Cup. Uh, they edged the Colts and 27-24. Cup was uh, nine for 163 and two touchdowns. Stafford looked good, 19 for 30, 278 yards and a couple TDs. Uh, Daryl Henderson scored the other touchdown. Robert Woods contributed. Sony Michelle finally got some action. Um, Carson Wentz was good, but he ended up spraining both ankles i don't know how you do that i don't i've never heard of somebody spraining both ankles at the same time uh he's mr injury prone and he just set a new standard uh, getting two sprained ankles on the same play 
Yes, and he is injury prone, but I, I remember the play and it kind of sucks for him because if you have one of the best defensive players on the planet, Aaron Donald, rolling you up like that, it's very possible that you can lose your ankles, which is what Wentz did on that particular play. I feel really bad for the guy, but uh, I guess that's the breaks, especially for him. I, I, maybe he's just getting used to it now that he's always getting injured. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, he's just he doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. So pretty bad. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had a big uh, interception right at the end to seal the win. And um, it was uh, kind of cool during the game halftime. Uh, the Colts honored both Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning and Edger and James uh, for their longtime service to the teams and great Great performances. Uh, was really nice, a really nice tribute, and um, yeah, I got to see uh, the whole thing. It was um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, did you see any of that? Any of those clips? I, I saw a little bit of it, and you know what? It just reminded me because you sometimes you forget. Edwin James was really good <laughs> when he was playing. When oh, he was yeah. at the height of his powers, that dude was amazing to watch. He was absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, it, it was cool to reminisce and go down memory lane with those two when they yeah. were uh, teammates. So great. Yeah, so great. Uh, okay, so next week, uh, the Rams uh, face the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Going to be a, a crazy, uh, tough game for them. Uh, Indy plays Tennessee uh, in the early window on Sunday. Um, yeah, we'll see what shakes out for there. The only other team in the West, uh, NFC West, we haven't talked about, are the Cardinals. And uh, Kyler Murray is just looking phenomenal. Uh, early MVP candidate, 400 yards through the air, three touchdowns, one on the ground. Um, man, is this guy good. And uh, he's got quite a few weapons. Uh, look out. I think the Cardinals could outscore almost everybody in the league this year. Yeah, when you look at their, his receivers that he has, which is I, – I, I totally forgot that A.J. Green was – he's out there. You know, like he, he's got that guy too. Like it's – he's just got a uh, – he's got a wealth of weapons at his disposal, and he used all of them. He used all of them. Yeah. But not to be outdone, Delvin Cook had a huge game on Viking side of things, 22 carries, 131 yards. Cousins yeah. had a really big game. It was – this was – a fantastic game. This was a marquee matchup. It was a great game. And it came down to a field goal that he missed. Oh, geez. That was brutal. Yeah, brutal. Uh, the, I actually heard the commentary from the Vikings uh, commentator. And he's like, yeah, it's good. And then, oh, no, he actually missed. No. <laughs> he had yelled and screamed, it's good. And then realized, nope, it went wide. Yeah, yeah, and it was a chip shot. Like, yeah. like usually you don't miss those. And then so <laughs> I heard the commentary from the other guy that said, Daddy Biz! Like like the guy <laughs> freaking out. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you don't see that too often. Yeah, you're not no. supposed to lose that. <laughs> no, that was tough. Yeah, tough to lose that way. And um, yeah, 34-33 was the vic was the victory for the cards. Um Poor, uh, poor Vikes. Uh, that was that wasn't good. Um, the Vikings play the Seahawks next in that one twenty-five window, as I mentioned earlier, and the Cards play the Jags. So um, 
good good chance they're three and oh i think jags have lost uh what is it 17 18 in a row now uh, <laughs> trevor lawrence another couple of uh, picks i don't see them uh ending that losing streak uh for at least another week yeah yeah, I don't see that either. Um, you know, he's a rookie quarterback on a bad team. He's going to go through his growing pains. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. The way it is. Uh, okay, all the primetime games this year so far have been phenomenal, and we had an amazing Sunday nighter last night. Let's talk about that. The Chiefs and the and the Ravens, uh, two former MVPs in uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson facing each other uh, went back and forth, back and forth. But Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field, had his fifth career game with 200 passing yards, 100 rushing yards. Uh, he just willed that team to that victory. Uh, he ended up getting that big fourth down uh, play at the end, too, when uh, John Harbaugh came out and said, uh, do you want to go for it? Should we go for it? And Lamar's like, F yeah, <laughs> we're going for it. And uh, he did. He got the yardage they need. A uh, couple of really big touchdown runs by him. And, um, man, when Lamar is good like this, uh, he's he's tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's I love this game because you, you had these two marquee guys, kind of different approaches to the quarterbacking position, but they're both fantastic to watch. It's just it's it's, it's symphony in motion watching yeah. these two go at, go after each other. And it was just, it was one heck of a game. It was a great game. Yeah. Went back and forth, the ebb and flow. Um, uh, yeah. And, and then also on top of that, it wasn't that Lamar, Lamar was great, but he still had two picks by, from the Honey Badger. And yeah. so, and yeah. the Honey Badger picked him off twice, but it doesn't matter. He still willed his team to a win. I, super impressive. Super yeah. impressive. Yeah, returned that first one for a pick six and started off big. You thought, oh, Chiefs, uh, when you give Chiefs uh, an advantage like that, look out. But uh, Lamar just played great. Uh, He had Hollywood Brown get a touchdown for the second straight game. Uh, Latavius Murray had a touchdown uh, for the second straight game as well. Um, He's he's got a lot of weapons there, but, um, yeah, he really put the team on his back. Uh, but it looked like Kansas City was going to be able to kick a late field goal and win this. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, was stripped late, um, recovered the fumble, and, uh, yeah, Baltimore had the win. Yeah, uh, that uh, that fumble at the end of the game cost the Chiefs dearly. It really did. And uh, that's the way it goes sometimes, man. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Uh, he missed the first week with COVID protocol. So uh, nice to debut, uh, two picks, one pick six, and a huge, huge key for the victory. Um, they kind of shut down Tyreek Hill uh, after last week's massive performance. They really didn't want him to get the ball much, so they were double-teaming him, but um, he's still got all these weapons. Mahomes has, been, you know, has so many guys. Obviously, Kelsey had a big game, but he's got Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Mikael Hardman, he's got a lot of guys that are really good that can step up in in uh, Tyreek Hill's absence. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's got weapons upon weapons. And then also himself is a weapon. Yeah. He can run at any point in time, too, as well. So uh, those guys put on one stellar performance for us. It was 
a great, great game. Yeah, amazing, yeah. Uh, KC plays the Chargers next Sunday in the early window, uh, and the Ravens play Detroit. Um, As I said, um, yeah, uh, fifth career game for uh, Lamar Jackson, 200 yards through the air and 100 on the ground. Um, Pretty much an unstoppable force. Uh, Really, really tough to... To beat a guy when he's that on. So, okay, let's turn to uh, the NFC South. Uh, there was uh, Tampa Bay had another offensive explosion. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, ended up 48-25, five touchdowns. Uh, he's got these weapons. He's got Gronk with getting two. Uh, Evans had two touchdowns. Godwin had a TB. Um, is this Could this be the best offensive team that we've ever seen in NFL history? Oh, kind of hard to go with that one because he did have that one year where he was undefeated until he lost in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That might have been the greatest offensive team we've ever seen. So until this team does what that team did, I can't anoint them quite yet. Yeah. Quite yet. But what they did, uh, what they did last night was pretty remarkable because the Falcons were right there going into the fourth. They were feeling themselves. They were feeling pretty good. And then Brady's like, look, you guys remember that Super Bowl? You remember that? I do. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Hey, uh, just, yeah, uh, broke the hearts of the, the fans again. And uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, they've got a great offense, great defense. Uh, Mike Edwards had two interceptions, the safety there. Um, yeah, I, I just, I can't say enough about this Tampa Bay team. They, they look too good. Uh, they play the Rams next Sunday, 125 and the Falcons play the giants in the early window next Sunday. Uh, the other teams in the South, uh, Carolina are also two and Oh, uh, Sam Darnold looked good again. Uh, they gave up on him in New York with the jets, but I bet you he was actually pretty happy to get out of there and uh, go to a team where he can actually win. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's winning. And it, I think for him, he's like, I like this feeling. This feels good. I want to keep doing this. So <laughs> good good for Sam Darnold, man. He, 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 play, he played great. And uh, they're, they're all-world player for the, for the Panthers. McCaffrey, 24 carries, 72 yards, one touchdown. Um, that guy is uh, the engine that makes – really makes that uh, that team go, though, like, oh, especially on offense. Yeah, yeah. He also had five catches for 65 yards through the air. Um, man, he is just a weapon. They just love giving him the ball as many times as they can in, in, in space, and uh, he's a hard guy to bring down. Uh, yeah, it's good to see him back on that MVP type of level. Um, but their, their defense was the main reason – for this win, I thought uh, being able to shut down the Saints, uh, Jameis Winston had five TD passes last game, and uh, this one he was just completely shut down, no TD passes, and uh, it was a pretty ugly performance from him. 11 for 23, 111 yards and two picks. Uh, he looked a little rough. I watched quite a few highlights of that, and uh, he was throwing the ball when he shouldn't have. Uh, not wanting to take a sack and throwing it up, uh, easy, easy picks. And a lot of times, um, uh, using some of that bad judgment that got him out of Tampa Bay in the first place. 
Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of ill-advised throws that he did he did make in this game. And uh, he, he definitely did not look like the first week, Jameis Winston. He looked like this Jameis Winston, which I'm sure Saints fans do not want to see again. <laughs> they absolutely do not want to see this version of him again. Uh, Michael Thomas is still really missing there. Uh, last year had a horrible year. Uh, decided to opt for surgery right on the eve of the season for some reason. Didn't do it uh, early in the offseason. And, um, yeah, they're in trouble. Uh, if um, they have any more performances like this, uh, they're going to be hard-pressed hard to get any victories. Uh, that was an inept performance uh, offensively. Yes, it was. And they, they should be a little bit worried down there in Saintstown because if, if this is the way it's going to go, then the, the rest of the season is not looking good. It is not looking good at all. Yeah. Alvin Kamara was totally shut down. He was eight carries for five yards on the ground, uh, four catches for 25 through the year. Uh, on their first seven drives, they had five punts, one turnover on downs, and one interception. Like, the fans must have just been like, Oh my God, this is sad. Like there was nothing going on for the Saints offensively. No, there was absolutely nothing. That That's when you just break out the Advil because you have a massive, massive headache from what you're seeing on the field. Their top receiver had 27 yards receiving and his name is Lil Jordan Murphy. I haven't heard a receiver with the Lil name. I've heard many, many, many rappers with the Lil name, but I've never heard a receiver. And that's their top receiver with 27 yards. Pretty well, bad. That's, that's yeah. Well, he's Lil Jordan Murphy, and he had a little amount of yardage <laughs> to contribute for the team. Yeah. How many rappers do you think you can name with the Lil at the beginning of their name? Uh, four, five, six. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to actual players, I guess just one. <laughs> just one. Yeah, that made me laugh. I was like, okay, I never heard of a receiver named Lil. And uh, yeah, Lil performance there. He'll <laughs> definitely need to step up and get more yardage. Uh, yeah, so go back to the drawing board, Saints. Uh, and come on, Jameis. Uh, those 30 interceptions got you thrown out of Tampa Bay. Uh, you just do not want to be throwing the ball up like that. It looked horrible. The The highlights were just so brutal. How many times they showed him just scrambling and just tossing it up in the air. Like, here you go, guys. Take it. Uh, it's yours. Uh, I don't want it anymore. It was not, not good not to, you know... Bring back those memories of 30 interceptions in Tampa Bay, but um, a few more of those, and he won't have a job in New Orleans as well. Yeah, because this is not playground football. This is NFL football, so you just can't just throw it up there and hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Doesn't work that way. Um, Let's go to the NFC East. Uh, Thursday night was a great game. Washington edged the Giants uh, by one point. and the Eagles lost to the Niners uh, on Sunday, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, let's talk about the Cowboys going to one and one with their victory over the Chargers. They got a late field goal to pull out the 
2017 win over LA. Uh, the Cowboys lead the NFL with six takeaways. And uh, in the Jerry Jones era, they've really never been known for defense. Uh, they draft offensive guys year after year after year, except for this year. Their top six picks were all defense. And finally, maybe through that thick skull of his, uh, he realized that defense is important. Uh, defense wins championships, as they say. And um, dare I say that they might actually have a pretty decent defense now, finally? Yeah, which is weird to say. It is yeah. absolutely weird to say, but their defense really stepped up against a very game and a very capable Chargers team. Yeah. Very capable. Um, yeah. But uh, at the same time, uh, for for the Cowboys' running, rushing attack, very effective. In yeah. yeah, super effective. Uh, 13 carries for 109 yards for Pollard and a touchdown. 16 carries, 71 yards for Zeke Elliott and a touchdown. Yeah. Super effective running game. I had heard that uh, the plan was to give uh, a lesser workload to Zeke uh, going into this year. They want to keep him healthy through the whole season. And Pollard has been super effective. He's taking the ball. He's getting a, a lot of yardage per carry. Uh, 13 for 109 is, is phenomenal with touchdown. Three for 31 in the air. And, um, yeah, that one-two punch is smart. Uh, I think uh, if they can employ that, throughout the season, um, I think they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to have a devastating one-two rushing attack. It kind of reminds me, uh, reminiscent of uh, the Browns running attack with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like, if you guys, if you got two stud running backs in your backfield like that, that can just keep coming at you with, like, a little bit of a different different feel for each running back, that's that's that plays havoc with the defense. Oh, Absolutely yeah. The, uh, the field goal was 56-yarder by uh, longtime kicker Greg Zerline. Uh, huge win. Um, they, they got a couple picks off uh, Justin Herbert um, to pull out the win. And uh, Amari Cooper was kept in check, didn't have a big game. But, um, yeah, like we said, that rushing attack uh, really helped. And as I mentioned earlier, a week from tonight, they play Philly on the Monday nighter. Uh, and the Chargers play the Chiefs early Sunday. So, um, they're in a bit tough there. Uh, okay, last division in the NFC, the NFC North. Um, looks like the Packers will be one and one. Uh, Bears uh, were the only team with a win going into tonight. Uh, 2017 win over Cincy. Andy Dalton left the game in the second quarter with a knee injury. Justin Fields came in. There's been so much talk about should we have started fields to begin the year? They said, no, we want to keep the uh, veteran in early, but uh, fields came in and engineered a victory. He didn't look amazing, but um, he got out of a lot of trouble with some scrambles uh, that Dalton would have been, wouldn't have been able to get out of. Uh, he's one of those quarterbacks that's got the wheels and got that ability to be super elusive and um, did just enough to pull out the win. Yeah. He did just enough, but he got a tremendous amount of help from his defense. Yeah. Uh, the Bears' defense was huge. Uh, Khalil Mack gets his first sack of the year. And, uh, the, and then uh, uh, Roquan Smith goes back for a pick six as well for mm -hmm. the defense. Um, the defense was fantastic. Four sacks, three interceptions with one pick six. Yeah. So that, that was, that's the game right there. 
Yeah, Joe Burrow looked a bit shaky. Um, yeah, I haven't seen him look that bad in a while. A couple of t- three interceptions, and um, yeah, just wasn't on the same right page with his receivers. Uh, Bengals play this the Steelers early on Sunday, and Chicago plays the Browns also the early window on Sunday. Okay, so uh, okay, we talked about the AFC. Um, we talked about the Chiefs. And the Chargers losses. Um, how about the Raiders? Uh, huge win by them. 2-0 and now. Uh, over their longtime rival, Pittsburgh Steelers, 26-17. Derek Carr was massive again. 28 for 37, 382 yards and a couple touchdowns. His favorite target was Henry Ruggs with five catches for 113 yards and a TD. Um, Chucky looked fu- happy. Uh, Raiders fans looked uh, incredibly happy, and it was a, a really, really big win for them. It was a huge win, huge win. They they looked they looked good. They looked really good. Yeah. Maybe the new digs in Vegas are just doing them well because uh, they're they're having fun out there and they're playing very, very, very well. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, it was uh, they kept showing a lot of old Steelers uh, uh, Raiders matches, and they showed that um, one game where they had the immaculate reception. Franco Harris um, got that and returned for a touchdown, and uh, uh, Pittsburgh was able to win a Super Bowl. Uh, The Steelers now have a Harris in their backfield, Najee Harris, and he was phenomenal as well. He got a huge touchdown. Kind of cool to see the old Franco Harris, and now they got a new Harris in their backfield that looks really, really tough to beat. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was awesome how they paid homage to the past now with the present. Um, but unfortunately for Steelers fans, they just couldn't pull out the win. Yeah. Uh, Vegas had Steelers seven points uh, uh, three quarters and now yeah, we're able to win. Uh, Claypool had three catches for 70 yards. Good to see the Abbotsford kid doing well. Uh, Deontay Johnson had nine catches for 105 yards and Juju. Well, it's held pretty good in check, but he did get the get a touchdown. Um, Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, with the huge loss after beating Buffalo in the opening game. Um, but, um, yeah, look out, Raiders. Uh, they went 2-0 and last year, uh, and then they finished 8-8. Eight and eight, So don't get too hyped about it, but uh, good start for them anyway. Uh, the Denver uh, Broncos are the other 2-0 and team in the AFC West. Uh, Broncos took care of those sad sack Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, 23-13. Um, I think I heard it's 18 losses in a row for the Jags. Um, man, <laughs> it's it's bad there. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater was great. Uh, 26 for 34, 328 yards and a couple touchdowns. Cortland Sutton had a massive day with nine catches for 159 yards. And we he got TDs from Patrick and Fant. Um, yeah, I, this was expected. Uh, Jags, yeah, with Trevor Lawrence and that whole new uh, squad there, um, they're not ready for victories yet. No, no, it, he's he's going to be going through his growing pains as a rookie quarterback would on a very bad team. He went fourteen of thirty-three for one hundred eighteen yards, one touchdown. But they did have a bright spot. The Jags, they did have a kick return for a touchdown by Agnew the Jags, which was uh, pretty electric. Yeah. Uh, I like Marvin Jones. always have. Uh, he had the only touchdown for them. Six catches for 55 yards. 
Uh, James Robinson, their running back, was 11 for 47 on the ground with three catches through the air, and all other receivers on the roster only had one grab each. Um, yeah, not a very tough attack for Denver to win. Uh, Denver also get a really good gift next Sunday against the Jets. Uh, they play in that late window on Sunday, and the Jags face the Cardinals in the early window. Uh, so, yeah, see you later, Jags. Uh, it'll be 0-3, I'm sure, after next week. Uh, okay, uh, AFC North has been covered. Ravens uh, and the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, all have We've covered all except for the Browns, who had a big win over Houston, 31-21. Uh, Baker was decent. Um, but he was really accurate. 19 for 21, 213 yards of touchdown, uh, just one pick, and um, he got a touchdown on the ground himself. Uh, Nick Chubb was really big for them, uh, 95 yards on the ground, uh, 8.6 average, and a touchdown for them. Um, yeah, I, uh, the Browns uh, were smart um, getting, uh, you know, getting that running attack going. Uh, Houston uh, had their quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, get hurt and had to go to their backup, Davis Mills. Um, Deshaun Watson is still inactive and and probably will be that way through the whole season here. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a shame for about Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, he's – I can't imagine the team would be bringing him back this season, like, at all. Like, I, I think he's just going to be kind of on the shelf for the rest of the season, and they'll just have to go with what they got. And Tyrod Taylor, shame, got a hamstring injury. They have no idea because hamstring injuries are touchy. Yeah. They have no idea when he's going to be able to come back uh, to the team and play. So I guess Mills is their guy. Good old yeah. Mills. <laughs> Good old Mills. He, he played fairly decent, uh, 8 for 18, 102 yards and a touchdown, had one pick. Uh, Brandon Cooks had another big game for them, 9 for 78 with a touchdown. Uh, Lindsey had the other touchdown for them. Uh, David Johnson, the guy they got for DeAndre Hopkins, um, they're trying to put him in there, but uh, he only had eight touches. Um, yeah, all four teams in the AFC North are one and one out of the gate after two games. Uh, so it's uh, up in the air early. Uh, Browns play Chicago next Sunday, early window, and the Texans play the Panthers on Thursday night. So Carolina and Houston. Uh, I think that game should be fun to watch on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Because, uh, you know what, those teams are kind of both at the same point, I guess you could say. But I, I definitely am going to be giving the edge to Carolina because they seem to be got the ball rolling. And I love McCaffrey. I love yeah. that guy as a player. I, I love watching him play. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the AFC South has been covered. All four teams lost uh, this weekend. Um, the tight, the Texans and the Titans sit at one and one, and the Colts and the Jags are zero and two. Uh, the final division we haven't talked about is the AFC East. Uh, Buffalo rebounded big time after losing to Pittsburgh and shut out Miami thirty-five to nothing. Uh, first shutout in uh, many, many, many years uh, for Buffalo. Um, biggest story was Tua getting hurt and uh, being carted off. Uh, Jacoby Brissett came in to fill in, but um, 
Uh, Miami's in trouble of two as old. Big time trouble. Big time trouble. And that rib injury or whatever he suffered there looks quite serious for him to be carted off on yeah. a cart. So yeah. uh, who knows when he comes back, but uh, the Bills dominated this dominated this game. Allen, 17 to 33, 179 yards, two, two touchdowns. Um, Singletary, the running back, 13 carries, 82, 82 yards, one touchdown. And Tay Diggs had a touchdown, was four receptions and 60 yards. Uh, but just a complete shutout by the Bills. Dolphins had no chance. <laughs> Zero chance there, yeah. Uh, good to see Diggs finally getting his first touchdown of the year. That's a lethal combination. It should be all the year. Uh, Bills play Washington uh, next Sunday, and the Dolphins play the Raiders. So uh, in tough. And uh, the last game, we've got the Patriots facing the Jets. And the story really was Bill Belichick against a rookie QB. Uh, it's just like feeding meat to a lion. Uh, man, did uh, did they ever make Zach Wilson look tough? Uh, four picks. His first two passes of the game were picked off. Uh, they sacked him four times. They rushed him all game, gave him so much trouble, and uh, he was not able to respond um he yeah he might have wished now that the jets didn't pick him because it could be ugly there yeah that looks like well basically he was running for his life because i, I don't does he have an offensive line there was there anybody <laughs> trying to protect him like anybody oh. like he he was in tough oh, all man. right like he, he's in a he's in a tough situation there uh, Mac Jones is in a good situation for his first NFL win. Um, he looks good. Uh, 22 for 30 for 186 yards. Yeah. And the Patriots win and the Jets are not good. They no. are not good. Home opener for the Jets. And uh, all of a sudden, Wilson was thoroughly booed. Uh, those New York fans are uh, ruthless. And uh, it's his home opener. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he was just seriously pressured. The number two overall pick, um, yeah, all of a sudden there's already questions. Should they have not picked him and should they have got somebody else? They, you know, I heard Fields and uh, other names thrown about. Uh, but, um, yeah, they got to get an offensive line. Uh, you know, nobody, even Tom Brady probably wouldn't be able to do much if they had that offensive line in front of them. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you have to understand – you need somebody to block somebody so he has a chance, a chance to throw the ball, just like a chance. If you don't give the man a chance, what are you expecting to do? He's not, he's not God. Like, that's kind of what you need right now. That's yeah. what Jets fans need. You need God in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> I should have looked up the record that Belichick has against rookie QBs. I think it's something just outrageous. Uh, he just feasts on those young guys and, and just decides to blitz, blitz, blitz until the guys start to cry and and sucking his thumb, asking for his mommy. And I, I remember one guy saying, I, I, I feel like I'm seeing ghosts out there. Uh, I forget what quarterback that was, but he comes to the sideline and they caught it on the mic. And he's like, yeah, man, like, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Like, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> as soon as he would get the ball, it was just... Look, car accidents <laughs> happening all over around him. It was hilarious. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's what Belichick does to you. Like he just uh, he, he he overwhelms you. He overwhelms you, and he just makes your your gray matter think way too hard on something that sometimes should be a simple thing, but he can make it very very complex. Yeah. Uh, JC Jackson had two picks. Devin McCourty had a pick. Adrian Phillips had the other. Uh, Patriots play the Saints. Um, yeah, if uh, if they're missing uh, their quarterback, uh, Saints are going to be in trouble. And the Jets play the Broncos, so Denver's uh, probably licking their chops. Um, we talked about a bunch of injuries. Uh, looks like Tua's day to day. Carson Wentz uh, is probably doubtful against the Titans. Uh, Andy Dalton, they think he has a possibility of coming back. Uh, Tyrod Taylor will probably not play. They're on a short week. They play Thursday. Uh, they say he's about week to week. Um, Zach Ertz got COVID, so he's out for the Eagles. Uh, Josh Jacobs missed the Raiders game with toe and ankle injuries, and they think he's still doubtful. Uh, Derek Carr actually is quite banged up, and they're not sure uh, if he's going to be able to practice at all this week and might not play. Uh, and Jarvis Landry got a knee injury for the Browns, and he's week to week. So, um, yeah, quite a few serious injuries. Um, we worried about injuries this year with the 17-game schedule. That's obviously not going to rear its ugly head to a bit later, but um, a lot of serious injuries this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? It's going to be a, an extended long regular season. So it's it's going to be who can last till they get to the playoffs like what team is going to be healthy enough to make it to the final push to get to the super bowl so yeah it's going to be interesting to watch there um there's always so much uh, attention put on offensive players in the nfl but there was quite a bit on the defensive players this past weekend and uh two interceptions were made first career interceptions by two guys and they are they are both juniors to their fathers, both playing in the NFL. Asante Samuel got his first career pick, uh, just like his dad did for many years. And Patrick Sertain also got his first career pick uh, for the Broncos. And, um, yeah, cool to see that next generation coming in and being really good defensive players as well. Yeah, no, it, it's it's awesome to see that. And it's uh... – it's telling for us because, yes, as we're getting long in the tooth, now we're just seeing, like, the, the sons play in the league as their fathers played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes yeah. you feel a little bit old, doesn't it? Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, that's full coverage of the NFL. That was a fun weekend. Tons of games and uh, lots to cover. Uh, yeah. it's um, Yeah. It's been exciting so far. I'm loving it. Can't wait for um, next weekend. So, we will have tons to talk about. Um, as I mentioned off the top, um, UFC uh, has, a, has a card this weekend. Uh, it's International Fight Week in Vegas. And on Thursday, the Hall of Fame is inducting the 2020 class finally, uh, inducting George St. Pierre. Uh, got his little picture behind me there. Uh, one of my favorite fighters of all time, if not the favorite um, longtime welterweight champion and eventual middleweight champion as well, holding two belts. Um, we've got former UFC heavyweight champion Kev Kevin Randleman. Uh, watch some of his fights if you viewers or listeners have not ever seen him fight. Um, man, what a 
What an incredible athlete uh, back in the early days of the UFC. Uh, also, Mark Ratner, UFC vice president and longtime um, person in the athletic commission. And uh, also in the fight division, the first Johnny Bones Jones, Alex Gustafson title fight uh, will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, super looking forward to the ceremony, and uh, it's going to be really fun to see GSP finally honored. Yeah, because um, that guy means so much to the sport. He means so much to the sport. He means so much for the, the nation, Canada as well, representing Canada the way that he did. He put us on the map. And so, and he encouraged many, many Canadian fighters to strive to do their best to get to the top of the mountain to get into the UFC. So, uh, I'm incredibly proud and honored to see him finally get into the Hall of Fame because he's so deserving. He's so over the top deserving of that uh, honor. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, it's long overdue, and uh, this is going to be uh, fantastic because um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, younger people that. Uh, didn't see his great career, and it'll be great to for them to, you know, see how uh, you know phenomenal he was. And mixed martial arts, I don't think would be as popular in this country without him. I think he, uh, you know, really changed the sport here and and made people start believing that uh, this was a legitimate sport and something to really watch. And and uh, I think the popularity just exploded when he started emerging on the scene. Yeah, it did. It, it started to explode. And then people saw the fact that I think I could actually make a career out of this. Yeah. Just like George did. I, I think I could I could do something with this. He gave I think he gave young fighters hope yeah. that you, you can you can make a career out of this. You can make a good go out of this and you can make a good living out of it. And uh, and I, I just love the fact of the way that he's always carried himself with uh, dignity and respect at all times. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be great. Uh, can't wait to watch that. Uh, this whole week is phenomenal. Fight week is really good. If you want to uh, go down and check it out, it's early enough in the week. You could get a quick flight to Vegas. Uh, they'll have tons of meet and greets. They have autograph signings. They have uh, events going on the entire week. A lot of guys have uh, parties at a lot of the local bars. Uh, some of the casinos, I'm sure, will throw things on. Uh, you'll get unprecedented access to UFC fighters, champions, top-ranked fighters, personalities. Uh, so much of the UFC goes to these fight weeks. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, I would recommend it if um, you got some time off or, you, you know, even if you don't, take some time off, jump on a quick flight. Um, I was looking at Flair Airlines the other day. Cannot believe how cheap it is to get to Vegas and, um, yeah, find yourself a, a hotel room, and uh, it is in a, re a really, really fantastic week. Oh, well, yeah, of course it is, because you have, as I've said before, you have all the fighters and the legends in one place, and then you get to interact and talk to them, and just, it's, uh, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of event, you know, yeah. so take advantage of it if you can. Yeah, totally. Um, and then the whole week concludes with uh, UFC 266, and that also concludes Tough 29 uh, when the coaches Alexander Volkanovsky faced Brian faces Brian T City Ortega. Uh, those guys got a lot of animosity uh, during that whole season. Uh, can't wait for that title fight 
two title fights um, on the on the docket with Valentina Shevchenko against Lauren Murphy. Uh, can't wait for this card. It is stacked, and what a great way to end International Fight Week with uh, UFC 266. Yeah, and it's uh, like you said, it is stacked. Uh, we, we're going to have a fight, a rematch, 17 years in the making with Robbie Lawler and Nick Diaz. Yeah. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for those two to go after each other once again. I know. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Something, you know, going back to some of the early pioneers of the sport. And yeah, it's going to be super fun to, to watch those two go to battle. So, uh, yeah, let's quickly go over uh, this past Saturday's card. Um, we had a light heavyweight uh, battle between Anthony Lionheart Smith and Ryan Superman Spawn. Span. Um, Anthony Smith looked great. I uh, was quite angry at Span and wanted to prove that he's not somebody that you can look uh, look past. Uh, he was able to get 50K for his huge submission win. Uh, super impressive performance by him. Yeah, it was. Um, he, he, he hit Span with that, his counter left. And Span just couldn't get out of the way of his left hand. And it rocked him. But the thing that I, I want to point to is I, I never realized just how big Ryan Spann is. He is gigantic for a light heavyweight. Yeah. He, he's, 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 he's huge. Yeah. I didn't realize that he's that big because Anthony Lionheart Smith is not a small man. And he no. made him look very, very tiny in that octagon, which made, the, made his win even more impressive to me. It really yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, he sure did look huge. I think he says he walks around about 230, 235. So, yeah, he's got to cut down to 205. It's pretty crazy. Um, what about the bad blood that ensued a little bit after the fight? Were you surprised? A little bit because Anthony Leinhardt Smith is not like that. He's not like that. So, I don't know if I I don't I don't know if I missed something like uh uh pre-fight was I don't know if things were said because Ryan Spann again doesn't seem to be that kind of fighter that pops off at, at the mouth, so to speak. So I, I didn't know what the heck was going on, but it 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 did definitely get interesting when you have 20 security all of a sudden yeah. pile into the octagon and you got 10 guys on one guy and 10 guys on the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Luckily they had them on hand pretty quick and uh uh, it got uh, calmed down quite quick. They ended up hugging after and saying, you know, yeah, no, no worries, no problem. Buried the hatchet pretty quick. Uh, Lionheart um, said he wants Alexander Rakic next. Uh, lost to him uh, not too long back. And Rakic immediately tweeted onto the screen, hey, sounds good. I'm ready in December. I'm free. And uh, when they asked uh, Lionheart, he said, Merry Christmas to me then. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool. That was probably one of the best lines I've heard right off the bat. Like that was, that was fantastic. So if they're going to make that fight, which it sounds like they are, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I cannot wait to see that. Me either. Um, Anthony Smith fought for the title uh, against John Jones. Um, did not go well for him, but he wants another, make another run. Uh, he's been around for a long time. He's got a, a really long record, 36 and 16. 
Um, and we'll see uh, what shakes down between Jan Blahovic and Glover Tichera. They're going to be fighting for the belt soon. Um, we'll see uh, Yeah, if Rakic is the man. Uh, it looks like December for those two. Um, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, I hope they can make that work. And um, yeah, okay, let's turn to the light heavyweight co-main event. Um, Elon Kutilaba, the Hulk, was um, coming off a couple of years where he's had a bit of a downturn uh, in his uh, in his career, and he has had some tough losses, but um, he really just beat the teeth off the, the brown bear and uh, was able to get a victory. Um, he always looks really menacing and tough. That's a, a credible muscular package uh, for, for them, another light heavyweight. But uh, what do you think of this one? Well, you had two big men going after each other and one guy who likes to fight like a bully. And another guy wanted to prove that he's not going to be bullied. And then that guy that wanted to prove that he was going to be bullied, got bullied. <laughs> Big yeah. time. Yeah. Throughout the entirety of the fight, Kudalaba had his way with Clark, and he just beat him up for three rounds straight. Beat him up so bad that I think he, I think he has to have like some sort of reconstruction surgery with his teeth because I think he knocked some of his teeth out. Yeah. Like literally knocked them right out of his mouth. Yeah. So Kudalaba smashed Clark into the ground. And on top of that, his his gas tank was fantastic. It was yeah. great. Yeah. He did not run out. That's where true. he's been notorious for that happening before, but not this time, man. He was very, very well prepared. His team got him well prepared for this fight. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, yeah, his cardio was um was questioned in many of his fights recently, but uh he looked really great. Uh, oh, they're showing a little, uh, little bit of the Mannings with Ray Lewis, and they're having a, uh, they're able to make some comments tonight. Uh, oh, maybe this is from last week's show. Yeah. Oh, now they're going to show some of the stuff this week. Uh, yeah, we really got to watch a game uh, with with those guys commentating. I don't know how to pull it up. They said it's on ESPN uh, two or something. So two. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll see how we can pull it up, but. Um, okay, why don't we turn to uh, the queen of violence. Uh, Arian Lipsky was able to get a uh, big decision win over Mandy Baum. Uh, Lipsky looked ama- amazing, landing some uh, massive shot that stiffened up Baum. Uh, she, took a, she did a takedown. She really looked like I thought she was going to be able to take this, uh, take her out early. Uh, went the distance, amazingly enough, but um, Lipsky was definitely by far the better fighter on that night. Oh, yeah. Um, the one thing that I've always been impressed with Lipsky is her hands. Her boxing is supreme. It, it, it is absolutely supreme. She's Her hands are one of the best in her division, and she showed it against Bomb, and she threw bombs <laughs> all night yeah, against Bomb's huge. head. Huge bombs, man. And Bomb really had no answer. For that she no. had nothing to shoot like she had no power to try to get Lipsky off her Lipsky was not worried about anything coming back at her so she just kept coming at her for the entirety of that fight Lipsky's fight to lose and she did not lose that fight she won it with uh in a convincing fashion yeah she sure did lived up to her nickname and um the former 
KSW champion looked great. I love her. I love her queen of violence nickname and man. Yeah, she is tough, incredible boxing skills. And um, yeah, it was a nice performance. Um, uh, before I talk about the other fight, I want to make mention that there was two retirements this week. They made mention of this at this point in the card, uh, both Carlos Condit and Joseph Benavidez both called quits. Uh, both longtime UFC vets and uh, Carlos Condit, the natural born killer, uh, finished his career at 32 and 14, former interim champion of the welterweight. He was the final WEC champion, and his last fight was a decision loss in July to Max Griffin. Uh, he's got lots of business ventures from what I see and um, has his health. Uh, Man, he was in a lot of really, really great, exciting fights, and and I always enjoyed watching him go into the octagon. Yeah, so did I, and I I, I just love the way that he fought. Like I I, I love the heart that he showed, passion, and then just the diversity of strikes that he had whenever he got into the octagon. So yeah. it's uh, it's a shame that I won't see see both of those men fight anymore, but I'm glad to see that they're going on to happier trails and healthier trails. And not taking any more damage in the octagon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, uh, definitely one of the best flyweights out of there. He's actually ranked number five in the world right now. So usually you don't see somebody ranked that high hanging them up. But um, wants to uh, move away after three losses in a row. He, he fought for the belt four times, but he faced uh, some really, really tough competition. Demetrius Johnson twice, who was the longtime champion, and then Davison Figueredo, who was also the champ, uh, had to fight fight him. Uh, his last fight was against Askar Askarov in March, and he had a decision loss as well. Uh, he's married to Megan O'Levy that we always see on, on these cards as a commentator, and uh, they want to have a family, and, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be... Part of, uh, you know, that uh, team alpha male there for many years as a coach and and uh, will help the younger guys go along. But um, two guys that will be sorely missed, uh, really great careers for both of them. Yeah, really, really great careers, stellar careers, actually. And uh, yes, uh, they'll, they'll definitely be missed. But uh, I look forward to what they'll be bringing to the table in the future in the realm of MMA now that they're retired. Yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Um, okay, let's talk about the lightweight fight. Uh, Armin Sikurian, uh, he got 50K for his knockout. Uh, looked great in beating Christos Yagos. Um, just dropped him, and then the ground and pound was absolutely relentless, getting his fifth straight win. Um, yeah, this is, this is a tough guy. Uh, he looked really good in this one. Yeah, 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 he did. And he got this guy out of there pretty quick. And I think if I if I if I remember correctly, he called out a guy that nobody calls out, Makachev. I think he called him out because he's only lost to Makachev. <laughs> so he wants to avenge that loss, which for me, I'm like, oh, okay. So he just wants to go to the top of the mountain right away. Good yeah, for good for you, man. Yeah, and he also called out Dan Hooker, um, said, um, yeah, Sean Shelby put that together. Uh, so, yeah, two um, you know, guys at the top. Uh, this was a great battle between American Top Team and Sanford MMA. 
And those two teams have been actually emerging to be the top two teams in the sport. And uh, another victory for ATT. Uh, I love seeing these two teams battle against each other. Um, I think if I was an MMA guy, I might go and, and train at both sort of uh, on the sly and uh, get a little bit of from get a little bit of uh, help from both camps. Uh, I don't know how long it would last, but uh, man, uh, the, there is just incredible talent emerging from both these gyms. Yeah, incredible talent, and it's it's just a wealth of riches for both gyms. They're just get, they just have more guys coming up even as we're talking right now. So uh, they're, they're going to be rivals for these two gyms are going to be rivals with each other for a very, very long time. Just, just like we were talking earlier about how easy it is to recruit for the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, you know, go to come to Florida, play with Tampa, play with Tom Brady, win another title, come to Florida, play, you know, play with our team. We'll be able to get you some uh, hardware winning a belt and, and um, yeah, it's just incredible how uh, Florida has just become such a hotbed for the MMA community. And um, I don't see, I, I see that a lot of belts uh, going there. And when, when you have a belt, when you have two belts, when you have a few, easy, easy, easy to recruit uh, more of the top talent in the sport. Yeah, super easy. Because what the, what the, the top talent will see is that uh, these guys win and they mm. want to win and they want to win with the best. So that's where you train. You train with the best. Yeah. Uh, okay. Comeback of the year. I'm calling on this this uh, next fight we're going to talk about. Uh, bantamweight battle between Nate Manis and Tony Gravely. Uh, Manis was dropped in the first round. Looked in all sorts of trouble. Almost stopped. Uh, came back and got the KO victory in the second round. Uh, comeback performance of the year, right hook that just dropped him and he took him out. Um, Keith Peterson had to stop it. And, uh, man, that was, uh, I, yeah, I thought Gravely was taking this and Manis turned her, turned it around and got the win. I, I was like you, I thought, because Gravely was literally seconds away from winning that fight. He just ran out of time. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him that he, he never in his wildest dreams would have thought, oh, no, no, I'm going to lose this fight now because I just ran out of time literally in the end of the first round. Never would have thought that. And Madness, even when he came out in the second, I'm like, oh, he still doesn't quite look like he's all there. No. But I guess he just didn't need to be. Because when he hit him with that right, oh, man, that was all she wrote, man. That was, it was beautiful. It was yeah. a beautiful back win and it was completely unexpected. I loved it. Yeah. He got 50 K for that as well. Performance of the night. Uh, this fight was originally scheduled for April. Uh, and, um, uh, Nate got hurt. Couldn't fight. I uh, was really glad that they kept it on the uh, docket and they were able to get another date. And, uh, Mattis said that was the first time he'd ever been dropped in his career. Uh, it shocked him. Uh, he was able to, um, yeah, sort of, Shake the cobwebs out in between the rounds and uh, came back and got the got the big win. Uh, yeah, you you know you got to say that kid's got a ton of heart to be able to pull out that victory after looking like yeah seconds away from taking the loss. Yeah, 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 a ton of heart and uh, also too extreme toughness. 
yeah. because he, he, he looked like he was on his way out. And he managed to gather himself and get the win by KOing his uh, dance partner. So, uh, great win by Manis. Yeah. And the last 50K bonus goes to Joaquin Buckley. Uh, we talked about him and his highlight of the year KO of Impa Consagane. And uh, Buckley was able to get another highlight added to his highlight reel, getting a huge KO late into this fight, uh, halfway through the third round. Um, when he lands those bombs, uh, it's usually all she wrote. Uh, Antonio Ahoyo was uh, down and out after uh, finally one of those huge bombs, like the fists on that guy are as big as my head. It's incredible how how large of hands uh, Buckley has. And what he finally landed one of those lunch boxes on Ahoyo, and that was it. No, no, that was that was all she wrote. And the one thing that's always, I'm impressed by Buckley is his power stays with him throughout the course of the fight. His power does not fade no. at all. Yeah. It does not fade. And so, and Oreo found that out the hard way at uh, midway through the third. We got knocked down, and then uh, and then Buckley finished him with the strikes. Done, done yeah. deal. Done. Yeah, he walked through a flying knee even. Uh, he got a flying knee that landed, but he was already coming in to clinch and they walked right through it. Everybody was shocked by that. Uh, it, it's incredible that the power and the strength he has. Um, that hematoma that he had on his head was nasty. Haven't seen a hematoma like that in a while. Uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt for the guys, but sure looks rough. No, it looks, it looks incredibly painful, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it, uh, that that alien was popping out of his head, but he still got the win. So, good yeah. for Buckley. Uh, that was his 10th KO of his career. Uh, he's finished uh, 10 of his 13 wins, uh, all knockouts, won three of his last four. As I said, 50K, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll get another uh, top spot as he comes around. Uh, he's... He's an exciting fighter, and uh, I love watching his fights. Uh, he went out on a shield last time with a KO loss to uh, hit him in the head, knocked him out, but uh, three out of his last four with big knockouts. Um, yeah, this this is an exciting guy, and I, I can't wait for next performance. I can't wait for it either. He's an exciting fighter, and uh, he throws big punches, big kicks, and he loves to knock his opponent out. Who doesn't love a fighter like that? Yeah. Okay, um, let's just blast through the uh, prelims. Uh, any that you really want to mention, any of the performances there that um, we definitely have to uh, yeah, ch ch chat about a little bit? Okay, well, I, I do want to say about the, the, the main card uh, for the prelims in Chukwe against Rodriguez. I, I was super impressed with Chukwe. He pretty much controlled the entirety of the fight. He fought it at the distance he wanted to fight it at. I was, I was disappointed in Rodriguez's performance. I thought I'd see more from him. I thought he'd be able to keep in Trukway at the end of his punches, use his distance more than anything else, but he wasn't able to do that. And on top of that, his takedown defense hasn't shown any market improvement to me. And yeah. Trukway was able to take him down at will whenever he wanted. Dominating, dominating uh, performance by Trukway. Yeah, big time. Uh, I hate Rodriguez's nickname, and I've said that before. Slow isn't 
a nickname that you would really want as a uh, mixed martial artist, I don't think. Uh, he came into this fight with the highest strike accuracy in his in, in the history of that division. Uh, so, you know, I thought he was going to be able to keep him on the outside with his shots and, and do that. But um, as you said, his takedown defense is not improved at all. And, and uh, that is seriously his downfall uh, takedown after takedown every round. And um, yeah, it has a hard time getting up. Uh, you're not going to be able to, to win too much in this, uh, in this sport when they know what your weakness is and you can't improve on it. And you, uh, you just end up being on your back the whole time. It's, it's not a recipe for success. No, no, it's clearly not a recipe for, for success. And he knows what the problem is and he knows what he needs to work on. But I just, I did not see any market improvement in this particular fight. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Pennington looked good, had a really nice performance. Back to back wins now for her and looking great. Uh, Rong Ju had a big. Knockout very uh, late in this fight, 435 in the third round. Had Jenkins up against the cage, fed him a few shots that just seemed to really, really uh, send Jenkins onto Queer Street. And he, when he got up after the fight was over, he even staggered and stumbled across the cage. He was out. Um, uh, Montel Jackson uh, knocked down JP Bays uh, four times and... Uh, yeah, wow. Some of those shots were just crazy. Uh, Bays didn't, uh, you know, go out, but four knockdowns, uh, that was super impressive. That was very impressive. I was actually, too, very impressed by Bays' um, determination to stay in the fight because usually any other fighter would have gone out, would have been punched out, whatever. But Bays just kept working to try to get the win. So I was, I was impressed with his will to try to win that fight, but he was – clearly outmatched in this particular fight against Montel Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Montel outlanded him 91 to 39, uh, had those um, four knockdowns. It was uh, yeah, one-sided affair. Bays is tough, but uh, wasn't able to get this. Um, speaking of one-sided, uh, I felt that uh, Aaron Blanchfield was uh, much better than Sarah Alpar in this one. Uh, in the welterweight fight, uh, Carlston Harris had a bit of an upset victory over Impa Consagane, sending him to his second loss. Um, Carlston uh, was just throwing these huge overhand rights, and he finally connected on the chin of Impa, sent him back a little bit, finally landed a left that took him down, and then the grounded pound to finish him off. Um, I felt a little bad for Impa because I like him, but uh, Carlston Harris was, was the better fighter on this night. Yes, he most certainly was. And also, too, I I wonder now, because since Impa Kasegne, he got taken out by Buckley's jumping, spinning back kick. I wonder if that has actually affected his chin yeah. going forward now. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. because I because before that guy could take a shot, but now, now I begin to wonder. Yeah. Wonder yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, it didn't seem like the biggest shot that uh, sent him reeling and uh, and the biggest shot that actually put him down, too. So, yeah, um, it could affect him for quite a while getting a uh, head kick like that. Yeah, yeah, that's because uh, these things happen. These things yeah. happen in fights where a little bit of something is lost 
sometimes in these fights. And maybe he's lost a little bit of that chin. Yeah. Uh, the bantamweight fight between Haile Alatang and Gustavo Lopez. Uh, Alatang won the first two rounds, but uh, got a point deduction. Uh, ended in a decision draw there. Uh, Hannah Goldie looked great. Had a big submission win off an arm bar off Emily Whitmore. And uh, Whitmore is now four and five. Uh, Goldie, I think, is on the uh, up and up. She didn't look er good early, but uh, got the big arm bar win and is now six and two. Great card. A lot of fun. Loved it. But UFC 266 is upon us. It's this week. Uh, hopefully, we don't lose any of the fights. Uh, we've got the featherweight battle between Volkanovski and Ortega. Um, I don't see T-City being able to pull this off. I think Volkanovski is just too solid everywhere, and I think he uh, retains his belt. Ooh, ooh, really? <laughs> okay, because okay, I think the exact opposite. Okay. I think it's Ortega's time. I think Ortega ran into that buzzsaw of Max Holloway and learned a ton about himself and learned about how to go about being better. And I think he's going to show how much better he is now against Volkanovski when he fights him uh, this uh, this Saturday. Okay, coming cool, up. cool. All right, let's have a little friendly wager. We'll, uh, uh, yeah, well, let's put a dollar on it. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I think Volkanovski is better in most areas. Uh, Ortega got beat bad by Holloway. He wants to avenge that uh, loss, he says. Uh, he said he wants to get this belt, and then he wants Holloway to be his first opponent. Um, yeah, so we'll see what shakes out in this one. Uh, obviously, in the co-main event, uh, we're both on Valentina Shevchenko. Lauren Murphy's good, but uh, not in the same class. So, um, yeah, Shevchenko will have another victory, another notch in her belt, and and continue on as the champion of the flyweight division. Yeah, yeah, like because unfortunately nobody's in her stratosphere. So, yep, Shevchenko wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's another flyweight fight on the card between the women. Um, they've been doing that a lot lately, just in case injuries, just in case COVID pullouts and stuff. Jessica Andrade and Cynthia Calvillo. Looking forward to this one. It should be a great battle. Yeah, it, 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 I'm actually very much looking forward to it because you got two women that have very different styles. Calvillo, lighter on her feet, pop that jab, was going to lose a lot of movement. And Andrade's power yeah. personified. Yeah, exactly. Very much power, yeah. Uh, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, you mentioned 17 years in the making, trying to get the revenge. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a battle. Uh, Diaz hasn't fought in like six years, though. Uh, um, I don't know if he's going to be able to shake off that kind of rust. Yeah, yeah. But then when you saw the brother fight, fight Leon Edwards, you didn't think that was going to happen, and then he did that. So no. you just can't. You just can't count. You just can't count out the Diaz brothers. You just can't. Cool. Doesn't matter how much time is they're gone or whatever's going on with them. You just can't count them out. So mm -hmm. I'm just expecting him just to come out and just show us something spectacular. Yeah. Both fighters. Uh, really looking forward to this Blades Rosen strike heavyweight battle. Um, two guys right at the top of the division. Uh, this should be a titanic battle between two really, really game fighters. Yeah, I, I think um, somebody's going to get knocked out. I don't think this is going to go to a decision. 
I, I think somebody's it's going to be a violent ending for one of these two men. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, the uh, feature prelim fight has Marlon Marais against Marab Dvashvili. Uh, man, these two are really quick. Lots of transitions. Uh, should be a phenomenal battle between two of the top bantamweights out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm super looking forward to this fight because uh, styles make fights. And these two uh, uh, bantamweights can have different, more differing styles. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious to see how this fight shapes up and what it looks like. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Dan Hooker earlier. Uh, he's fighting Nazareth Hasparast. Uh, that, that'll be great. Uh, the heavyweight battle with uh, Chris Dawkus. Love the Dawkus brothers. Uh, they definitely bring a, a, a huge battle to every fight. Uh, and, uh, yeah, lots of more fights on this card, tons of early prelims, even, um, a lot of the young fighters, uh, the UFC has, uh, handed out a ton of contracts recently off the Dana White contender series. I've been loving that show. Uh, five fighters, uh, every week have been getting contracts. Uh, Dana White's being super generous and, and bringing a ton, a wealth of young talent, into the uh, division and we're going to see uh, so many of them. I cannot believe how many fighters on every card we're seeing Dana White contender series, season one, season two, season three. It's a, uh, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal pipeline for these young fighters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great for us because now we're seeing the talent level for all these young fighters is just rising exponentially. Yeah. So when these guys come in, they're not raw anymore. They're, they're, they're pretty seasoned and it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. So can't wait. It's going to be a, a phenomenal card. Um, hopefully we all get together. We're talking about uh, you, me, Scott, and, and let's hope uh, we can get Grayson and, you know, a bunch of the gang together. Um, it's going to be a, a hell of a night. Um, the last thing I want to mention about the USC, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley has supposedly got his next opponent. Uh, Brian Boom Kelleher, uh, he called him out. Uh, Kelleher called him out after his last fight, and uh, they said supposedly UFC 269. And uh, Kelleher t- uh, tweeted out today, she said yes. And uh, so he's already throwing a little bit of a dig in there, uh, calling uh, Sugar a she. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how much the animosity. Uh, really ramps up with between these two over the next few months. Oh well, they, at least they at least they're having fun with it until it gets real. So it's going to be good. <laughs> Sugar um, decided he didn't want to fight Frankie Edgar. Um, uh, had turned that down. Got into a bit of a a, a Twitter war with uh, some of the UFC matchmakers over that, and he said. Why the hell would I want to fight somebody super ranked when they're paying me exactly the same to fight a guy unranked? Doesn't make sense to me. So if you're only going to pay me shit, I just want to fight shit fighters. So (laughs) (laughs) give me more money and I'll fight some tough guys. Come on. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, again, another fighter dissatisfied with the pay that the UFC has been giving out. Ooh. Do you, do you see a pattern? You big see a pattern? Surprise, yeah. Big surprise. Yeah, big surprise. no doubt. Yeah. 
Uh, NBA note, Trey Young turns 23 today. Uh, happy birthday, Trey. Um, can't believe he's still only 23 and he's uh, one of the elite players in the NBA already. Yeah, yeah. And he's got, I think he just signed an extension for a massive contract as well. Mm-hmm. So he's yep. not only young, but extremely rich. So <laughs> happy birthday to Trey. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Trey. Uh, keep the pen, buddy. Keep the pen. Uh, one last note for the NBA. Um, we've talked about the Brooklyn Nets and the LA Lakers, how they've been stacking themselves with uh, tons of uh, veteran-laden talent. Uh, I just see the story today. Uh, the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets enter the 2021-22 season with a combined 101 all-star appearances uh, making them two of the top three most all-star laden teams in NBA history. Uh, this year, the Lakers go in with 57 all-star selections on their roster. LeBron James is 17, Carmelo 10, Russ Westbrook 9, Anthony Davis 8, Howard 8, Rajon Rondo 4, and DeAndre Jordan 1. Uh, 57 all-star appearances for the guys on their roster, that's phenomenal. And it's it's kind of ridiculous, actually. It, all, it almost doesn't – it's not fair, almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2010-2011, uh, the Boston Celtics had 56. Uh, they had uh, Sha- Shaq with 15, Garnett with 14, Ray Allen 10, Paul Pierce 9, Jermaine O'Neal 6, and Rajon Rondo was on that team, too, with two at the time. Uh, Brooklyn goes into this year with 44 all-star selections on their roster. Uh, KD with 11, the beard with nine, Kyrie with seven, LaMarcus Aldridge with seven, uh, Blake Griffin with six and Millsop with four. So, um, pretty, uh, pretty incredible that, uh, they've been able to assemble these two teams. And, uh, I think I'm just going to mortgage my house and just put it on these two teams to, be in the final, and uh, I'm probably going to own about five houses after the season ends. That would be, yeah, hopefully it works out that way. But here's the thing. Injuries. Yeah. Injuries, injuries. If they, if those two teams can stay healthy, yeah, they're going to make it. Yeah. But that didn't work out so well for them last year. So let's see what happens to them this year. That's true. Um that team in Boston, they fell short. Uh, they lost out in the second round of the playoffs to LeBron's Miami Heat, four games to one. Uh, they had 56 wins in the season, but uh, they did have some injury troubles. Shaq wasn't healthy most of the year. Uh, Boston also had 43 All-Star selections in 2011-2012. And that was the lockout shortened year. Uh, Celtics won uh, 39 games that year, uh, finished fourth in the East. And uh, they went to the conference finals and they also lost to Miami in seven games. So uh, kind of a cool article. I recommend reading it. It's on the NBA, uh, NBA.com website. Uh, uh, They got the top 10 uh, most all-star laden teams. Kind of cool to see some of those teams emerge, but this year with, with Brooklyn and LA, um, yeah, two Titanic battles. If they can keep healthy, yeah, it's good. It's there. 
Um, yeah, do I, I? I might just do that uh, bet tomorrow, though. Um, I think I'm going to mortgage it and uh, just go for it. Uh, why not? You only live once. Yeah, that's right. You only live once. So I, I can't see that going horribly wrong for you whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to do it as a tribute to Norm McDonald, who uh, was a gambleaholic. Uh, he said he lost his fortune three different times. He went broke, 100% broke. Uh, he said he, the, the biggest bet that he ever lost was 400,000 in one night. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> so, uh, come on, Norm. Uh, I'm gonna join you. I'm uh, gonna just put it all on the line. Uh, yeah, put the juice out there. Um, yeah, it's gonna feel exciting anyway. Uh, I got a whole season to look forward to uh, winning and, and having five houses instead of one. Uh, you know, then I'll be then I'll be definitely a rock star. Oh, yeah, of course, you definitely will be, especially if you win. I, let's not let's not look at you losing. Let's just look at you winning. Uh, I have two friends that put a bet on the Blue Jays to win the World Series about two weeks ago. Um, I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about five hundred bucks or something like that. They put on it. Uh, if they win, they get uh, thirty nine grand. I think. Not so, bad. Yeah, not bad. So. that's a good bet. Yeah, yeah. Blue Jays are on fire right now. Uh, just absolutely playing phenomenal these days. And um, yeah, sort of rejuvenating the the love of baseball across the country. And and um, yeah, let's hope my friends can win some money. Uh, I might be able to, uh, yeah, have a little bit of a party on them. Uh, they say they're uh, heading out to the Toronto to watch one of the last series of the of the year against the Yankees. And um, yeah, let's hope they, uh, the Jays can uh, keep this run going. Cause um, yeah, that would be huge for them. Uh, when, you know, splitting 40 G's is a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice way to enter into October. Yes, it is. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed for your friends. Yeah. Uh, you're not much of a gambler, are you? Uh, you haven't spent much, much gambling in your life. Have you? No, no, okay. not no, I like I like keeping my my money in my my bank account. Yeah, so I want to ask you advice about uh, placing this bet, but uh, man, I I feel like I'd be I'd be kicking myself for the rest of my life. It's it's the Lakers and the Nets. That's that's who's going there. We we predicted every year it was going to be Golden State and Cleveland, and they did it three years in a row. And uh, we you know LeBron was in there year after year after year after year. Um, you know, I just think basketball is easy it's easy to predict uh I, I can't see it not happening yeah yeah just like it was easy to predict that the Suns and the bucks would be in the finals this year <laughs> yes yeah. very easy super simple <laughs> true very true yeah this was a yeah weird year yeah weird year so anyway um i'll invite you to my uh five houses uh when i pull off the win uh we just gotta wait till i guess june so yeah that's eight nine months away whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I definitely do. <laughs> okay, man. Well, I hope you have an awesome week ahead. I uh, hope you get, uh, yeah, I hope it's not too busy, but um, hopefully the weather's half decent. And, um, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll talk lots through the weekend. And uh, let's try to put it together. I'd love to watch that UFC 266 with you and the boys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll be trying to put that together and uh, figure out where we can watch it most importantly, but yes, we're, we're going to do this. It's awesome. going to happen. 
Okay, buddy. I appreciate it. As always, man, take care. Thanks a lot. And we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Okay. Okay. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye, Mike. Okay. Another episode of Complete Sports Media's podcast comes to a close. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Always appreciate um, all your effort. Uh, I want to thank Larry Joel for all her hard work this week. Uh, fantastic job. I love everything that's been put on the website. So go to completemedianetwork.com and you can find um, tons of really amazing content um, and, and so many genres. Uh, just want to uh, share our, um, yeah, let's uh, quickly share uh our sponsors and partners uh anchor fm has been a great partner and sponsor for complete sports media phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us they call themselves easiest place to make a podcast uh verbero the hockey equipment and apparel company industry leader in technology performance and value and the v350 stick is a must purchase if you're a hockey fan or you have one in your family uh, Pampas and Possibilities, they design and sell dried florals, do floral arrangements and installations. And Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company, they grow and manufacture aloe vera-based products for health and beauty. So uh, thank you so much to our partners and sponsors, as always. Thanks to you. Uh, thank you, Greg Kettner. Uh, phenomenal uh, podcast last week uh, with Norm McDonald. And uh, thanks for meeting with us today adrian i uh, look forward to um yeah lots of uh help with uh our venture going on here completemedianetwork.com everybody tell your friends tell your family and uh, we'll talk to you soon love you lots bye for now